Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the the Haunted Heart Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kenny, and I am here with Digitally Spliced Katie. <laughs> Say hello, Digitally Spliced Katie. What's good, bitch? <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> That's right. I'm Wait, back. You're back? I'm back. Oh, fuck. I'm back in the flesh. You know a bitch can't keep me down. Not even your own self. True. Not even myself. Not, not even, even my uh, energy that has become maniacal in digital form to take control. Yes. From time to time. No. Yeah. She had to go. Because <laughs> there's only room for one hoe on this show. <laughs> but who knows? She might return. Dum, dum, dum. Oh my gosh, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> that sounded like you were about to lean across the table and give me a fake party kiss. <laughs> Hi. It's great, it's great. This is a portion of the show where we make... Uh, we make harsh noises directly into the mic because mm-hmm. we know how everybody really loves that Just part. Just fucking loves it. They love <laughs> it so much. They're like, you know who never does that? Digitally splice Katie. <laughs> Bring that bitch back. No. She always has a witty comment. Yes, it's true. It's true she does. But you know what? You got me. <laughs> no, it's good to be back. It is uh, good to be uh, in my power, as they say okay. today, because as you know, and now all of our listeners will know, grad school is done. Thank God. I have defeated both my evil digital ego and grad school, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, you can probably hear in my voice that it was not without significant sacrifices, such as my entire immune system. It's fine. But here we are. It's totally fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're here. And we're celebrating new family members. We are. New new inductees to the heathen temple. The heathen temple. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we're going to start off right up top with an invocation to our dear sweet Emma A. Emma O. And she is a brand new member of our Stay Spooky Squad. And what are you doing, Katie? Oh, it's right. It's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long since I did an invocation. So we have dressed this lovely candle that you can't see. Uh, but with, it does exist. We promise. It does. I'm holding it in my hand. Uh, we've dressed it with good intentions, health, wealth, happiness, all good things headed your way, uh, and we're going to light it, and it's going to sit right beside my mic stand, and I'm not going to knock it over, and it will burn through the rest of the episode, but forever. And always. In our dark, dark hearts. Yes. So thank you, Emma A. We're so happy to have you as a member of our family, and we are sending you all good vibes. Yeah. And we also want to give a special shout out to uh, a current Patreon member, but someone who uh, has now evolved into our head witch in charge. 
Yes. Whitney. Whitney Z. Z. Whitney Z. Shout out to you, girl. Yes. Whitney Z is amazing. She came to visit us on our live show. Um, and that was super awesome, uh, getting to meet you, Whitney, and, um, getting to spend like a really fucking awesome time together. Yes. Like it was amazing. Yes. So we're super excited for that. And something tells me a little birdie who maybe lives on the Patreon homepage that you might be hearing more from Whitney (sighs) at some point in the future. Digitally spliced Whitney. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. No, uh, yeah. So we'll see. Um, but thank you so much to everybody who supports the show. We really do appreciate it. Um, however much you give uh, is amazing, and we are thankful for everybody's contributions. And we love you all. And we love creating things for you all. And we're excited to get some more bonus content up on the Patreon now that I'm not like literally fighting. For literally my life fighting every for week. your life, dead in the ground. You know. Uh, Crying in the yeah. parking lot of it a reminds Burger, me, King, Burger King it, it in Kenny's car, yeah. frightening him. Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, no, it reminds me of that story of the lady who, like, they thought had died. That you told you told that story, and she died, and or didn't die. Did she die? No. Wait, she who? Didn't. What? <laughs> Wait, I told this story. But I don't know what it is. No, the lady who died, but didn't die. They thought she died. Who was buried? And then someone tried to rob, grave rob her, and they cut oh, her yeah. finger off yeah. to get her ring. Yeah. And she came alive, crawled up out of the grave, crawled yeah. through the snow yeah. to the back door. Yeah, but then she died. And then died. Well, okay. Yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> it was a sad one, I think. Well, at least you lived. I did. Well, you know, some parts of me lived, and that's all that matters. It took your finger, didn't it? It took it took a lot from me, <laughs> <laughs> and we won't talk about it. Okay. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, we've got a pretty interesting topic this week that we are very excited to talk to you guys about with about to today. Am I stroking? (laughs) Am I stroking? You might be. Stroking. We are talking gradations of evil. Gradations? Gradations. I thought it was gradations. I think it's gradations. Gradations. I maybe made it up, but I think it it is gradations. Okay, cool. All right. We're going to go with gradations. Gradate. What? Gradations. Mm. Okay. Patreon. There's a <laughs> patron. <laughs> there's an I in there. Gradations. Okay. Well, levels of evil is what we're talking about. Levels. Today. We're yes. on levels. So this we are on uh this is episode fifty. We're giving you a little fifty shades of evil today. We are. So I figured I would start us off with I actually have done the reading if you hear some noise guys she has a book it's just all this knowledge uh yeah (laughs) yeah so um i'm gonna cover michael stone he's actually a doctor he's an md md doctor if that matters for anybody um as opposed to like college doctor oh okay yeah yeah so he's a, a medical doctor yes he is a medical doctor um what do you go to see him for though 
I think he is a psychologist. Oh. Um, or was a psychologist. I'm not sure if he's still practicing. Um, but he developed a scale of evil that I'm going to kind of go into a little bit later. But he had a really good intro that I thought um, would be a good thing to share with you guys. So I'm going to read it for you. You'll have to forgive if I make some noises with my pages. Kenny's like... Or like violently shaking the down. book. Let me just go ahead and show you in this book that I brought. Um, how's that spelled? Gradations. No. I. Anyway. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so... Digitally... Sp- oh... <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was digitally spliced Katie telling you, don't you give Kenny that fucking attitude. She was mad. All right. So this is the part of the podcast where I read to you in the dark with only a candle <laughs> to light my words. <laughs> we didn't plan this out that well, you know, at the beginning when we first started this podcast and said we'd only do it in candlelight, you know, but now for we any actually actual cannot do research. it in light light. Yeah. Um, all right. So evil. This is all Michael Stone. Evil is a word we apply to situations or specific acts that have the quality of horrifying or shocking whoever witnesses or hears about these acts. In today's parlance, the term is less commonly applied to the persons who are guilty of these acts. Evil, in other words, is reserved for acts that are breathtakingly awful. Breathtaking because of the degree of violence, suffering, or humiliation imposed so greatly exceeds what would be needed to express one's irritation or animosity or to subdue the victim. The element of excess is crucial to the customary use of the word evil. The root meaning of evil from its Anglo-Saxon origins, the word was then spelled yifl. Yifl. <laughs> Y-F-E-L. Yifl. But it was pronounced the same way we do. Oh. was over and beyond. To be categorized as evil, there must be a flagrant deviation from the standards of acceptable behavior within the community of the particular culture and time period. The deviation, that is, must be over and beyond what the ordinary people in the community could even envision as something another human being could do. And then he goes uh, further to kind of provide four main... Um, I guess, components of his definition of evil, right? Yeah. So the first component is it must be the act in order to be evil must be breathtakingly horrible. Breathtakingly horrible. Yes. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if it's not breathtaking, honey, it's not evil. Astoundingly horrible. Uh, malice of forethought, which is evil intention, will usually precede the act. Yeah. Number three is that the degree of suffering inflicted will be wildly excessive. So that's kind of that overly over and beyond thing. And four, the nature of the act will appear incomprehensible, bewildering, and beyond the imagination of ordinary people in the community. So that's kind of the way that Michael Stone lays out his definition for what is evil. And one thing that's particularly important there is context, right? Right. So he said that the act has to be over and beyond what a normal person would do in that particular place at that particular time. And that time period. Right. Yes. He takes into account a lot of uh, contextual factors in his definition of what's evil. He says, for example, uh, he doesn't study any, he doesn't put anybody on his like scale of evil that was evil during wartime because wartime is different. So he only looks at acts that happen during peacetime. Um, 
Which are we gonna <laughs> not not saying that he's the be all end all? In fact, he and I disagree greatly on a couple topics. I was just gonna completely, you know, uh, disagree with that Adolf Hitler. Um. <laughs> he specifically was asked about Hitler, though. He was specifically asked about Hitler, and he said uh, in response to that question, somebody had asked him why his scale didn't include Hitler, and he said in response, "quote My scale is a scale for evil in peacetime." That's because they're, that's because assessing wartime evil from a criminal psychological standpoint is more complicated because of factors like culture, history, and religion. Take Hitler. He thought we were evil. We thought he was evil. But then he added, in that particular case, we were right. <laughs> <laughs> so not that he's saying that Hitler wasn't evil, uh, but I, his scale, it's important for the purposes of our conversation that everybody understand that his scale isn't necessarily one that he intended to be used uh, for a wartime. It's supposed to just be people who are acting out and doing these things. On a daily basis. And like right. on a daily, right. like your average time right. of the day, just it could happen at any given time. Right. Because then we get into issues of, you know, if you're in war, we have, I was just doing, I was just taking orders. Yeah. If you were ordered to do something that's outside of your nature, you have the issue of, you know, um, cult mentality because you're surrounded by fellow soldiers. You have the issue of, you know, the government feeding you propaganda, which makes you hate the other side. And so there's a lot that can happen with acts that are done in wartime that greatly, greatly, greatly complicates things. So he just intended this to be like a peacetime. I can see that because it's almost, it should be like a a different category of evil. Yes. Like something separate all all on its own. Yes. And, you know, in the book he goes into, he uses the example of women's rights, right? So there was uh, a time, not that long ago, when women were treated as their husband's property. And that was the status quo. And that was how everybody, like, that was normal behavior for all of society it was not right but it was normal and so in that sort of environment a husband who is overly um demanding of his wife and who is who treats his wife like a piece of property would maybe not necessarily be labeled as evil because they can only be labeled as evil during their specific time period Mm. if that makes sense yeah um obviously he's not advocating for that but he just is talking about like the juxtaposition. Whereas if somebody acted like that nowadays, we would say that person's evil. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. Um, so with that very lengthy intro, <laughs> um, we can kind of talk about the scale a little bit. Now yeah. there's, there's 22 different categories. I'm gonna tell you what, I don't like scales. Me? Not one bit. Either. Can I tell you? Definitely not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't. I don't believe in them. Yeah. Doctor said, "Step on a scale." I said, <laughs> "Also, and I, and I did it anyway." But isn't it terrible how the doctor's fucking scale always makes you like seven to ten pounds heavier than you actually fucking are? Oh, I hate the doctor. Can know? we talk about that? Because I feel like the next time I go in, I'm bringing my fucking scale with me from home. So that I can show them. Oh, I hate those fucking doctor scales. You get on the scale. I think the last time I went, I, I stood on the scale, and it was one of those with the little light weight things that mm-hmm. you like from, that you from put. like gym class. Yeah, no. and so like I stood on it, and she's like pushing it, pushing it, pushing. I it. I hate the judgmental. And push. I'm like, uh huh. Can you stop pushing that fucking weight there? <laughs> And then when then one more push. I love when they tell you you don't have to take your shoes off. 
No, like that I'm happened like, to me exactly. one time. I came in and she was like, "Oh, you don't have to take your shoes off." And I was like, "No, bitch, I'm taking no. my shoes off. I'm taking this belt off, honey. I, if I could, I'd take all these clothes off." Uh huh. She said, "I need all the help I uh-huh. can get." You don't have to. You don't have to take your shoes off and you turn around and you're just completely naked. Yes, I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. Also, at my doctor's office, they have a or no, it was at Prime Care. The last time I went to Prime Care. Um, which was a while ago mm, because yeah. of this incident. Um, <laughs> they have a computer that the doctor puts all the information in and then it prints out your, um, like the prescriptions that the doctor gave, what you, the doctor's diagnosis was, and yada, yada, yada. And they enter your vitals as part of that. And so if you're overweight on the BMI chart, which like m- most fucking people are, yeah, because the BMI chart is garbage, and there's much better ways to measure that. But um, if you're overweight on the BMI chart, it prints out an extra slip of paper at the end that oh, says yeah. you are overweight. overweight. Yeah, fuck that. So yeah. shady. No, no. Except mine said you are obese. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It said you are obese, and I'm like, um, the fuck did you say? No, mm-hmm. I I would not consider myself obese, honey. Obese to nature. Oh, you ain't seen it yet. What? You ain't seen a obese yet, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you. No. Anyway, give me my damn medication. I'm trying to go. I came here for a head cold, not for you to trigger. I didn't come here. My this anxiety is not a li- and depression. This at is, the same time. This is not a library, bitch. <laughs> I didn't. You, we didn't come here to read. Truthfully, that should be on this scale of evil. For real. Low key. I'm going to put it on it. <laughs> so we have 22 different levels to get back to the topic at hand. I know we're both really fired up. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about it. I'm mad ready. the whole rest of the fucking I'm, episode. I'm ready to change the topic right now. I could go. No. So we have 22 different levels um, that Michael Stone has sort of laid out. And he did this based on case studies. Um, his book, which is called, I don't even think I gave you the name of the fucking book. It's called Anatomy of Evil. It's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of different, he kind of jumps from case study to case study. The book is a little hard to understand as far as his organization, but I recommend it. It is good. Um, and it's a lot of different cases that you probably have not heard of before. Um, it's not the common fare. So he um, he has 22 levels on his scale of evil. Uh-huh. And he divides those up into three big chunks. Okay. So we have impulsive murderers. Oh, me. We have semi-psychopaths. All right, me. And we have psychopaths. And me. <laughs> so the scale, um, the first level of the scale, it kind of is a... I don't know if you would call it a misnomer. I think I'm using that word incorrectly. The first level is a little bit different than all the rest of them. The Ladies first... and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, misnomer. Misnomer. <laughs> Actually, that is a killer drag name. Put that one in my back pocket. Yeah. Um. So the first level is justifiable murder. Okay. And he talked about, uh, in the book, he talks about a, a particular case um, where a wife was always being brutally beaten by her husband, right? It's yeah. It's tales all the time. As time, we've heard this before. But husband is being a piece of shit to the wife, is beating her, and um, being really terrible to her and the children. So one day she Kathy Bates it. Mm-hmm. Kathy Bates? Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Uh, Dolores? 
Oh, 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 yeah, is that yeah, what yeah. It's call- is it called Dolores? Dolores. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I think it's just called Dolores. Fucking phenomenal movie. If you have not seen it, see go my see mind it. went to misery, and I was like, no, mm, no, no. no. I think that's different. No, she's what we call the aggressor in uh, in misery. But no, it's um, let me look it up. Yeah, Dolores I Claiborne. That. Dolores Claiborne. Good ass movie. Go watch it immediately. Um, but basically, husband is beating wife. Wife, you know, in defense of her life, murders her husband, justifiable. Right. Uh, And he kind of separates that out between, like, if somebody is immediately threatening your life, like if I came over the table and attacked you right now and you you acted in self-defense, right? That's a different situation than if I abused you for years and years and years and years and years and then you plotted your revenge and took me out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So it's the second case that he's talking about there, where they did plan it out, they did murder, but it was justifiable. Okay. By our time period and, and our, our standards right. that are acceptable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the first one. So he kind of lets those people go. He says they're not really evil. Um, they're just in a terrible situation and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then we have impulsive murderers. Okay. And that's levels two through eight. So these are people who are not really psychopaths and they're not really subject to routine unspeakable acts and they do have some remorse for what they've done. Stone characterizes these folks as ordinary people who got caught in a terrible situation. So this is where we have our jealous lovers. Ah. Throwback to our first episode where we Uh talked about jilted lovers. Mm -hmm. That's where those people kind of fit in. We also have companions of killers, people who, you know, they always say that these people would never have killed on their own if they hadn't gotten caught up with. If he ain't so got caught so. up with, with that Harry Potter and that Pokemon, he wouldn't have got into all that witchcraft. He would have been fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think uh, definitely you'd have to consider it on a case by case basis. But I do think that a lot of those couples who kill mm-hmm. both had that in them and that's what brought them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So we also have our desperate measures killers here. Um, people who are traumatized. Wait, that sounds like the name of a Netflix reality Des- show. Desperate measures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So these are people Kind of like who I was talking about as um, killers of abusive relatives, but these people are in a slightly different... They are genuinely remorseful. They do lack significant psychopathic traits, but they went like above and beyond in um, gaining vengeance on their abusers. So, so sort of like they took almost like an enjoyment to yeah, it? Um, not necessarily. Not, not to a psychopathic level, but like there's the case of Susan Wyke who was a dancer who married and had a child with Jeff Wright, a successful carpet salesman from Houston. And he like was on cocaine and he had all <laughs> kinds of crazy oh, wait, affairs. That's bad. Yes. I'm just thinking carpet salesman. Yes. Cocaine. Yeah. I mean, they kind of yeah. go hand in hand. Yes. I feel like also just being a carpet salesman. No, is no offense to, to any me. carpet. sales. if you sell carpet, you know, at carpet warehouse, I just immediately think Bush, and I can't go anywhere but that. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. I just can't escape that thought. 
<laughs> anyway, he sounded like a real piece of shit. He was on drugs, strung out, having all kinds of affairs. He gave her herpes at one point. Aw. Yeah. Um, For Christmas? Was... No. Birthday. I wish you could hear the look that I'm giving you. <laughs> um, so he was really abusive. He was a piece of shit. Um, in 2003, she had had enough, and she stabbed him 193 times in a fit of rage. Oh, so that's what you mean by excessive. Yes. Yes. So she was given 25 years um, in prison for that. I feel like she was just trying to make sure he was dead. Yeah. Well, people talk about it that, like, when you have excessive action to that level, the way that people who've experienced that talk about it, they say, like, I just stabbed until the rage ran out. Mm. And so it's not about it's like a release of force a, like, to make sure that he's dead. It's it's you're just running on rage and you just go until it's pent up it's bottled up right. emotion that has just finally exploded and right. like you have no control over it because it's taken over you right and they just totally go totally understandable <laughs> i get it yes i get it babe yes so um the so this level of um of impulsive murders uh also includes hotheads uh-huh. <laughs> and what was interesting is that some of the research that I did actually have Issei Sagawa in this category. As a hot hit? Which I disagree with. Oh, yes. no. They said that his... Um, we Kenny actually covered Issei Sagawa. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what episode it was, because we had to go back and do that one, because yeah. it got chewed up. But whatever. Kenny covered it. Um, he was the celebrity cannibal, um, and... They said that when he attacked Renee Hartfelt um, in his apartment and murdered her, that he was, like, acting out of, um, that it was impetuous. That it wasn't, like, carefully planned or thought out or any of that. That he just That it like, was more impulsive? Yeah, that it was totally impulsive, which I don't agree um, with. I don't agree with that, no, because he had had a long history with, like, wanting, knowing right, and right. wanting to eat people, had invited to her, had invited her to his house before. Right. Um, and had, had planned out. I mean, he right. got the gun, right. shot her, had her read a story about cannibalism, it was totally, I don't agree with that. Right. It It's very. And he's not I, a I very hot-headed person. Like, if you ever look through his right. interviews, he's, he's very cold. Very level. Yes. Very, yes. like, totally well a thought out. Very, yeah. he's not very aggressive seeming. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. He's not. True. But again, we don't have medical degrees. So who gives a fuck? But we, do. Uh, but we do disagree with. Uh, but Michael we do Stone. have a podcast ready for your rebuttal, Michael Stone, MD. No, Michael so. Stone sends us a lengthy <laughs> review, <laughs> one and a half stars by Michael Stone. You know what? I appreciate that half that you gave, baby. Uh, so rounding out impulsive murders, we have narcissists. Uh huh. Okay. And we also have fit of rage killers. Mm. Non-psychopathic people who live with an underlying smoldering rage and then kill when that rage is is ignited. So what's the difference between that one and the other one? Or they're all kind of un, in, under the same they're category, right? They're all grouped right? together. Um, Hothead is kind of not, not greatly named. Um, he defines hotheads as killers who act in an impetuous moment. 
who don't have marked psychopathic features. Okay. So it's kind of like the moment presents itself and they like yeah. get caught up in the moment. Right. right. As opposed to somebody who has a burning rage. Or would have, I, I could see that times. person maybe so that the latter like doesn't really have a reason. Yeah. To be, to yes. have that built up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, or they do, but it, it doesn't, the reason is not, um, appropriate for the level of rage okay if that makes sense mm, oh okay so that reminds yes. me of a great film serial mom uh with kathleen turner god bless the fucking 90s man god i, I love that film mm. absolutely and she just completely just like explodes and kills for like the most insane reasons yes like if it's oh you didn't buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this Which pent up rage. Which is counterintuitive, you know? Right. I'm going to kill you because you didn't buckle up. Weird. <laughs> so the next sort of chunk uh, of the scale that we have are the semi-psychopaths. So we're getting a little deeper now. We're getting a little deeper. Getting right. a little more evil. So All we're working right. our way towards most evil. The most the evil. Which actually, if you watched Investigation Discovery in the mid-2000s, you probably watched a show called Most Evil. Oh. And that show was based on Michael Stone's Gradations of Evil. I'm going to let you know right now, I actually did not plan that segue. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, that it just, just worked out. That just happened naturally. That's beautiful. Y- you're welcome. Yes. Most Evil was a fucking bomb. It was on ID. I think they revived it for a little while, but I don't know if it made it, girl. Mm, I don't know. It's tough I, out I there. I never watched ID stuff out there for true crime so uh grades nine through 15 are referred to as the semi-psychopaths and these are folks who share a fair number of psychopathic traits grandiosity superficial charm or just a general lack of remorse mm, okay so uh first up level nine is jealous lovers okay these are different than the jealous lovers that we saw in Impulsive Murderers. These are folks who have distinct psychopathic features. So, perfect example of this is Paul Snyder. Paul Snyder met uh, Dorothy Stratton when she was working at Dairy Queen. All right. At the age of 17. All right, DQ. We love yes, a DQ. Queen. We love a peanut butter cut blizzard with a peanut butter topping swirl. We love it. Um... <laughs> So Dorothy's serving up uh, blizzards at the DQ at age 17. Uh, Paul became her manager and steered her to Playboy magazine. (laughs) Which is a hell of a pivot. (laughs) Shit. Your manager at the Dairy Queen steered you into Playboy magazine? Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently she was good at it. Does he know the guy who uh, sells carpet? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, she actually, Dorothy, became Playmate of the Year in 1980. Oh, shit. Okay. So, bitch was working it. Um, so, she and Paul got married, but their relationship deteriorated soon after when she became involved with a film director. And it was actually uh, Peter Bogdanovich. So, like, okay. well-known. Yeah. Uh, in a fit of jealous rage, Snyder lured her to his apartment and shot her to death with a rifle before killing himself. And if anybody's ever seen it... Um, Bob Fosse made a film about this case, and it's called Star 80. Star 80. You've never seen that. But, um, yeah, so these are people who are jealous lovers, but it's because they are, um, they have those hallmark traits of the psychopath that, you know, this person has to be with me, specifically yeah. me. 
Yeah. Um, and they have that charm about them, um, which he clearly had. Because you, you're starting to get into, you know, people that are a little more manipulative right yes. now. Yes. Um, so next we have In the Way Killers, who are not fully psychopathic. Oh, I hate these people. These are killers of witnesses or people who are simply in the way. These evildoers are egocentric, but not totally psychopathic. Mm. Not totally. Mm. I think we have another level where we talk about the people who are genuinely psychopathic. Okay. Um, because, well, if you think about it, if you're in a certain situation, especially it's mostly referring to people who kill witnesses, because like if you're on trial for something Mm -hmm. and you know that there's a witness who's going to testify against you, that's going to seal the case for you and you kill that person, that's not necessarily a psychopathic motivation, but it is, it's more suspicious, very suspicious. (laughs) Um, it, you could be a psychopath and do that, but you don't necessarily have to be. Okay. So these are like your assassins. The I think these are the people who are thinking about murder logically. Oh, okay. And they have less remorse. So like not chess players. Psychopathic. Yeah, kind of. Yes. Like I'm going to, you know, take out this. I don't know how to play chess, but I assume you take out a queen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You certainly can take this one out after the show. <laughs> So next we have in the way psychopaths. So these are, this is kind of the next step up. So 10 and 11, steps 10 and 11 kind of overlap just a smidge. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have, these are psychopathic killers of people who are in the way. So people who are killing, um, not necessarily just because they're in the way, but because they are driven by that psychopathic urge, if that makes sense. Mm, and they okay. have zero remorse. And there is no looking towards, well, this was the reason. They don't need a reason. Yeah. They're sort of like the, the idea of killing is the reason. Like, they don't really care of the outcome either way. It's just like, you know, oh, this is an opportunity to kill. Maybe? Sort of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they kind of, they do kind of overlap a bit, so it can get a little dicey. Um, so next we have power hungry and cornered. These are power hungry psychopaths who kill when cornered or placed in a situation that they wouldn't be able to escape with their power intact. Hungry and cornered. Sounds like me at work. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, level 13 is inadequate and rageful. Murderers with shortcomings that follow them throughout life who also express psychopathic impulses and are prone to rage. Yeah. Uh, we have schemers, ruthlessly self-centered and psychopathic schemers that stop at nothing to deceive, con, and steal. Schemers! I hate that. Schemers. I'm scheming. And then level 15, and this might surprise some people, level 15 is cold-blooded spree killers. Oh, wait, wow. Murderers who kill multiple people calmly and with a psychopathic motive, often pathological in their denial of guilt or inability to confront reality. And one of the folks that Stone puts in this category is Charles Manson. Um, So, again. I don't know that I agree with that. Let's hear his reasoning. So he says Manson... uh, Began stealing at a young age, ended up in reformatories, and then went to jail and prison. Um, and that was a big, that was a big um, defining couple years uh, in his life, especially when he was in the boys' prison. Um, if you know much about Manson, uh, in his thirties, Manson began to attract a following of waif-like women. 
which is a direct wave quote. like women. I'm a wave. I'm and then, a wave. And then in 1969, he um, it's Doctor Stone's position. No. <laughs> in 1969, Doctor Stone uh, says that Manson had his group. Uh, invade the home of pregnant actress, actress Sharon Tate. And, of course, we all know what happened after that. They, The group murders uh, Sharon Tate, killing her unborn baby and her four friends. Um, later, they killed Rosemary LaBianca and scrawled messages in her blood all around the house. Um, Manson received the death penalty, and later the sentence was commuted to life term um, in prison in California. However... This is kind of the narrative of Manson that, and we don't have time to get into Manson because I have a lot to say on that, but this is the narrative of Manson that everybody's told. In my reading and research of Manson, and maybe we can do an episode on him one day, I think that Manson was a con artist who got caught up in a con that got out of his control. Interesting. So I would not place him on 15. Um but that's a whole nother story. Okay. I told you Dr. Stone and I disagree on some key things. That's one. Way to leave us with a cliffhanger. <laughs> For an episode yeah. we don't know will happen. <laughs> we'll have to talk about Manson someday. I mean, I'm afraid to do it because I'm afraid that the episode will literally be me just screaming into the mic about how everybody's wrong about Manson. And then everybody will be like, was she like involved in me? the cult? Like... <laughs> And then it's just me. You're screaming for an hour and 13 minutes. And at the end, it's just me with my hair blown back from all the wind. And just like my eyes are wide open. And I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Charlie Manson, maybe maybe not what he appeared to be. Um, I, think he, I think people give him a lot of credit that he doesn't deserve. Anywho, that brings us to our third category or our third grouping of categories. And that is psychopaths. These okay. are fully psychopathic people by every modern definition. So level 16 are vicious psychopaths, those who commit multiple vicious acts that may also include murder, rape, or mutilation. Mm -hmm. uh, 17 is the sexually perverse, serial killers with some element of sexual perversion in their crimes. In males, rape is usually the primary motive and killing follows to hide the evidence. Torture is not a primary motive here. And here's where uh, Dr. Stone places Ted Bundy. Okay, I was wondering if we were going to get into it because it's a hot button topic. You know, right Ted now. Bundy is so hot right now. It's a hot button topic right now. Uh, Have you watched not... the documentary? Uh, I started, I went to go hit play and then I didn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Not going to get into a huge discussion about the documentary right now, but it, um, A, little boring. B, this was marketed to us as new information or like new, shining a new light on the case. But the book that the documentary is based on was written in 1981. Mm, okay. So, yeah. So, so not new. Maybe the tapes haven't been played like in such a visible way as part of a like Netflix documentary. I guess maybe they just thought the people but... didn't read the book in 1931. Maybe so. Whatever. But I also have a little bit, I take a little bit of an issue with the um, documentary because so far it seems like they're like, they're really uh, into talking about like how smart he was and how cunning he was and how charming he was and how able to change his face he was and blah, 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 blah. And like... I just don't think they talk a lot about how much he fucked up, A, and also, B, white privilege, and how essentially the reason that Ted Bundy was 
allowed to, not allowed to, I shouldn't say allowed, but the reason that he was able to have such a crazy story with like all of his murders and him skipping around town and, um, or around the nation and escaping from prison twice and getting so much fucking airtime on TV to be creepy is white privilege. Yeah. And the documentary doesn't really take that to task as much as I would like them to. It wasn't that Ted Bundy was exemplary in himself. It was that at the time and place that he lived, he as a white man was allowed so much more free reign than someone else in his place would have been allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and if you were that smart, you wouldn't have got caught. I mean, if you were that smart, you would have been a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Denny. Moving on. So, torturing murderers. These folks are psychotic, but they they do torture, but they don't typically prolong their torture. Murder is the primary motivation and not torture. So, this is where we have our Gary Ridgway, mm. um, who did engage in torture, but torture was not... He was a, it's product killer versus process killer. Okay. He was much more about the product, aka the murder, than he was about getting there. Okay. As opposed to somebody who really relishes the idea of torture and the the delivering of pain. Right. Somebody who's going to prolong the murder Mm -hmm. because what they get off on is the torture. Yeah. So this is the opposite of that. Somebody who's product based and trying to get to the murder bit. Uh, level 19 are non-homicidal psychopaths, psychopaths who fall short of murder, yet engage in terrorism, subjugation, intimidation, or rape. Okay. Subjugation. So that's like you are keeping them in place and like, okay, you're, you're, what, what's going on? Well, actually this, this case, the example that they use for this, I had never fucking heard of this. What? Gary Stephen Christ. Apparently, Gary Stephen Christ, and I may even be pronouncing it wrong because I've literally never heard about this case. Gary Stephen Christ served prison time for robbery and fraud in three different states before he was 18. When he got out of prison in 1968, at the age of 23, he planned a ransom kidnapping. His victim was Barbara Mackle. Christ buried her underground, allowing her to breathe using a tube, and he waited for a $500,000 ransom from her, from her father. She was rescued after 83 hours, buried alive. He was sentenced to life in prison, but was paroled later, and then he was convicted of importing cocaine into the U.S. after that. He's currently in a federal prison in Florida with a planned release uh, in November of 2019, I think. Well, now we know where the carpet salesman got his cocaine. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But, like, that story was fucking nuts. Um, That's insane. Yeah. I can't believe, I mean, thank God she survived, but that's crazy. Yeah. So. That almost, well, I was going to say, it almost kind of reminds me of the um, the girl in the box story yeah, a little yeah, bit. That's like, a rough one. Yeah. That one we have to cover uh, on the uh, on the show one day. So we're not going to go into that. But that, that was torture. That's a torture story. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> get, don't get excited for that episode. Um, Did they get excited for any episode? <laughs> so level 20, murdering, torturers, psychotic, uh, legally psychotic people who are primarily motivated by their desire to torture. Um, and then 20, level 21 are pure torturers, 
Um, these are psychopaths who are preoccupied with torture in the extreme, but are never convicted of murder. And then level 22, which is the penultimate level, are psychopathic torture murderers defined by a primary motivation to inflict prolonged diabolical torture. Diabolical. Yes. And Dr. Stone makes a point to say that most of the folks in this category are male serial killers. Mm. Interesting. So, again, he and I disagree because his example of a psychopathic torture murderer is Dahmer. Okay. My issue is that I don't think that Dahmer's primary motive was to torture those men. I think Dahmer was a very lonely person. Mm. And I think he had been lonely. And now I'm not playing the violin for Dahmer. He was a fucking terrible person and he did terrible things. But I think that Dahmer was the way that Dahmer's family responded to him doing weird shit when he was eight is to basically isolate him further. And then when he started doing weird shit at 17, they got him an apartment by himself and basically kept him there. Yeah. So Dahmer never had anyone in his life that was trying to help him or get him the mental help that he needed. He needed to be committed, honestly, from a young age. Something was not right. Everybody knew it. Nobody did anything. And for me, not that it's on other people, but like I think that what Dahmer was trying to do with those men was create somebody who couldn't leave him. I don't think he was trying to kill them. So I would disagree with Dr. Stone, but he's the MD. And he wrote a book. <laughs> and we're just the podcasters here. <laughs> yeah. So but which one would you rather listen to? Probably him. Like, <laughs> honestly, probably him. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, maybe the doctor. Well, mm-hmm. Then the doctor. Well, the you doctor got us. is in. So, yeah, so that is kind of how Michael Stone um, organized his societal um, levels of evil. That's interesting. So um, I, I, I'm a little um, I'm a little concerned. Uh, I, I related to some of the <laughs> some of the levels at the at the beginning. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, you're over here reading all of these things and you're just like a and growing I'm like, rage. A that growing explodes. rage. Yeah. That explodes. You got to watch bottled that. up anger, this and that. And I'm like, huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll make you it'll make you uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Cutscene to you know the newspapers. But I'm excited. Local podcaster he- goes on a murderous raging spree. But I'm interested to hear what you're covering for your segment because I think you're covering the inspiration for Doctor Stone's scale of evil. But you don't know what I'm covering. Oh. You don't know nothing. You don't think Maybe you I know do. me. Maybe. <laughs> think you know me. But what are you covering now? <laughs> Is All it right, Dante's so Inferno? Because I think it listen, might be. Listen, it might be. But listen. So, yes, it is. I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know me. You know. I wanted to go a different route um, than what I thought you would go down because I was also researching uh, the scale. And I was like, this sounds like something Katie might cover. And lo and behold... It was. Thank God that I I, I uh, researched something else. Otherwise, the episode would have ended a minute ago. Everybody's like, well, God. Fuck. Shit. Wish you had. So, 
<laughs> so we talked a lot about the different types of criminals and evil people and the gradations of evil. Uh, but I was really interested in the different types of punishments those people deserved. Mm. Because reason would state that if you have varying shades of evil, then you should also have varying shades of punishment as well. Correct? Mm-hmm. And while there's no place that will punish you quite like life here on Earth, hell comes in for a close second. So like a true zaddy, I booked us all a first-class ticket straight to Dante's Inferno. Yay! Excuse me, let me get my flight attendant voice on. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is none of your concern, but on behalf of our Dark Lord Satan and the entire crew, Welcome aboard Inferno Airways Flight 666 with nonstop service straight to hell. Our flight time will be however long it takes for me to get through this segment, and the temperature is a balmy 825 degrees. Please remember no carry-on luggage is permitted on this flight, with the exception of the weight of all the guilt of knowing you're a shitty person. The Dark Lord has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign, and if at any moment throughout the flight you try to get up, our in-flight Mistress Katie will be around to bind and ball gag you. There are no tray tables, and there is no safety demonstration, because fuck you. And thank you for choosing Inferno Airways. Good luck. So yes, Dante's Inferno. So, let's just get right into Let's it, go. shall Give we? Me so all I don't have twenty-two circles. levels. I don't have twenty-two levels. Okay. But I've got nine. Okay. We got nine. So all those twenty-two people got to fit in these nine levels somewhere. That's all right. We'll make room. <laughs> we'll feng shui the shit out of fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So if you're looking at uh, your first, um, your first level. So first of all. Dante's Inferno is uh, also known, well, it is also known as the Divine Comedy. And I did a little research. I was like, why is this a comedy? Why is it called a comedy? Oh, It makes no yes. sense to me. I'm like, eh, nothing funny about this. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it was to me. But um, to most people, there's nothing really funny about that. Um, but come to find out, back in the day, stories were either a comedy or they were a tragedy. Right. So... Or, and it was also described as, like, it was either, like, comedy, which was very, like, lowbrow, or it was, you know, the other one, tragedy, which was very, like, highbrow high yeah. and very yeah. this and that. So, that's why it was called a comedy. For those of you who were wanting to know, like me. <laughs> I respect it, though. It's kind of like our show, how it's a comedy, but also we talk about really awful stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially, yeah. I mean, we would be considered a comedy. Certainly not highbrow, so <laughs> definitely a comedy. Back in the day, we would be considered a, a comedy. Today, we're just sad. <laughs> but not quite a tragedy. <laughs> so number one, you have Limbo. So this is your first circle of hell. So you have escaped um, damnation, uh, and you are headed down into the circles of hell. So you're out of purgatory and you're going into hell right now. So this is considered limbo. Because purgatory is the waiting room, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you were in the waiting room. Uh, you waited forever at the fucking doctor's office who told you you were a fat piece of shit. Um, and now you're in hell. <laughs> uh, 
so you find yourself on the brink of grief's abysmal valley. You are in limbo, a place of sorrow without torment. Mm. You encounter a seven-walled castle, and within those walls, you find rolling fresh meadows illuminated by the light of reason. Okay. Uh, whereabout many shades dwell. And these uh, are for the virtuous pagans, the great philosophers, uh, authors, unbaptized babies. Oh, great. And others unfit to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh. <laughs> so, like, this is all the depressed people, all no. the cool people. No. The, well, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So these are your people who were not bad people. They just didn't, you know, didn't serve quite it up. make the grade. They just didn't serve it up for God, honey. So, <laughs> so this is what they get. Those poor unba- unbaptized babies. I'm going to tell you what. This makes me want to join the church because I'm not about to live in a limbo full of fucking crying ass unbaptized babies. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But what about the baptized ones? I guess, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, they're not in this story. Um, so... If you're here, uh, you also share company with Caesar, Homer, Virgil, Socrates, Aristotle, all those great people. There's no punishment here. And But it seems like a bummer. Well, so the atmosphere is supposed to be peaceful but sad. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bad screw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it happened and, you know, you probably got there, but it wasn't as satisfying. Yeah. So you're just kind of left there laying in your own, you know, body juice. And you're like, eh, it probably wasn't a good idea. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. Yeah. I love how you put things in terms that I can understand. (laughs) So sweet. Yes. So level two is for all of the people who lived in yes speaking of body juices lust, honey yes so you have come to a place mute of all light great you know what you don't always have to do it with the light on no you don't but you should <laughs> at least like a handful of, every so often you gotta yeah you should. i don't Be mind like, i like to just look well, right in the eyes yeah. that's because you're a leo and yeah. and that's where i feel you on that but uh, if you're not a Leo, you should definitely do it with the lights on every so often. I would say about once a year. Be once proud a year. of yourself. Okay, <laughs> once all a right. Year, like clockwork. Yep. So uh, this is a place where the wind bellows as the sea does in a tempest. So this is the realm where the lustful spend eternity. Here, sinners are blown around endlessly. They're blown. I mean, I'm just saying. Here, sinners are blown endlessly. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. (laughs) Here, sinners are blown around endlessly by the unforgiving winds of unquenchable desire as punishment for their transgressions. I mean, but it sounds like you're surrounded by a lot of people that are hot to trot as well. Right. Yeah. So... I'm just Let's saying. Let's get to quench it. Uh, this infernal hurricane, uh, it never rests, and it just hurdles your spirit onwards, whirls you around, and, you know, you hit other people. Your body probably <laughs> Why do I feel like it's people? like the rinse cycle? Like, it's just... 
<laughs> you get put in the red cycle because they're trying to clean your nasty ass. That's why. <laughs> That's what God's trying to do. So, um, but this is your torture because you have betrayed reason at the behest of your appetite for pleasure. And so you are doomed, and so there, here's where you're doomed to remain. You will also be blowing around with Cleopatra. Okay. And Helen of Troy. Sounds hot. <laughs> I'm just saying. I be. I mean, hey, whatever. I like the wind. That's fine. Your hair ain't never going to look good, though. Bitch, who cares? Hair, if your hair tangled. is blowing in the wind, bitch, you always got a fan going. You just Beyonce in circle <laughs> two. You always got the Beyonce fan going. All right. So if so, now we're gonna get into level three. These are four. This is for your gluttons. Oh, so this we're so we're next door neighbor. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where I'm gonna be. So in this third circle, you I find myself um, amidst <laughs> eternal rain, oh. uh, and 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 coldness, uh, and lots of heavy. I don't know heavy. It just says heavy. <laughs> My. I'm gonna say heavy, like weighted down, right. um, but not like a weighted blanket. No, more like the weight it's just of cold all your transgressions. And like you're just yeah, weighed down. The gluttons uh, are punished here, lying in the filthy mixture of shadows and putrid water. Ugh. Because you uh, consumed in excess, you meet your faith, your fate beneath the cold, dirty rain, amidst the other souls that lay there unhappily, stinking in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's also a big uh, uh, Cerebus, the canine monster. He's uh, he's there too. Oh, he's in that level. Yeah, he he growls and um, and tears and rips at the damned with his teeth and and claws. So. I've got a fucking hound I've got to deal with in level three. Mm, So you just get blown around. (laughs) Mm. I've got some issues. (laughs) You've got a lot you're working working through. But you know what, though? Even in hell, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we're going to travel down to level four, which is for all you greedy sons of bitches. Are you carpet salesmen? Are you carpet salesmen? <laughs> Trying to squeeze out the last few cents of commission on your carpet sales. Oh, no. All those damn encyclopedia salesmen back yes. in the 90s. Yes. That's who you got to watch out. That's where all these motherfuckers are. Jerry Brudos tell you a little bit about that. <laughs> so, just before you get to the River Styx is the fourth level of hell. Here, the prodigal and the avaricious suffer their punishment, as they roll weights back and forth against one another. You will share eternal damnation with others who either wasted and lived greedily and insatiably, or who stockpiled their fortunes, hoarding everything and sharing nothing. This sounds like workout level. I'm not about it. No, no, no. This is where you are literally fighting with one another. You're rolling stones back and forth. Mm. So you roll your stone against the other person who's rolling their stone and that's just all you do i'm not trying to do that that's why i'm not greedy it's too much just too much work Mm-mm, not gonna do that uh so level five level five is when we get into those who are angry i could also be here too <laughs> we'll see so the river sticks runs through this level of hell and in it are punished the wrathful and the gloomy 
The gloomy are forever lashing out at each other in anger, furious and naked, tearing each other uh, piecemeal with their teeth, according to this article. Yikes. <laughs> piecemeal. Uh, the others are gurgling in the black mud, slothful and sullen. Either way, I'm still just fucking in the goddamn mud. It's a lot. It's a different kind of mud, though. Yeah. It's, this is black mud. It's just mud, black mud. Whereas I'm, the other was like filth mud. Yeah. The other was definitely shit. Yeah. Like, they didn't say it was shit. It just seemed like shit. It was it shit. It probably was shit. Because it's Because it's gluttony. It was shit. You were laying in your own shit. I mean, technically you were. Well, I meant in general. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the spin cycle. I'm, I'm going to go to level five. I'm going to take that elevator down to five. <laughs> We're going to be getting angrier. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to work. All right, that's fine. Um, so, yes, uh, their lamentations bubble to the surface as they try to repeat a doleful hymn, though with unbroken words, they cannot say it. Hmm. Uh, because you lived a cruel, vindictive, and hateful life, you meet your fate in the sticks. But it doesn't tell me who I'm who I'm living here with, so I guess it's just me. <laughs> right. Number six, heresy. Okay. Also known as uh, the city of dis, of dis, D I S, the city of dis. Into it. <laughs> I just imagine you get down there and there's just like this like Las Vegas style city and in neon lights it's just like you've reached this. this. <laughs> so, uh you have approached Satan's wretched city where you behold a wide plain surrounded by iron walls. Before you are fields of are fields full of distress and terrible torment. Burning tombs are littered about the landscape, and inside these flaming sepulchres suffer the heretics, failing to believe in God and the afterlife, who make themselves audible by their doleful sighs. You will join the wicked that lie here, and will be offered no respite. The three infernal furies stained with blood with limbs of women and hair of serpents dwell in this circle of hell. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, they're goals. Goals. Yeah. I don't know. That would irritate me. In a tomb that I can't get out of and it's hot. Um, that's like my worst nightmare. No, I mean, I'm not talking about being there. I'm talking about where do I put my application in to be one of the furies stained with blood. No, I think they're also there. Okay. Suffering. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's who you're suffering with. Oh, all right. I could be wrong, but I feel like that's what you're. I feel like that's what that is. Level. Also, side note. Wretched city should be a club. Wretched city. Let's get to it. Uh, maybe that's what we should have <laughs> named our fucking Patreon. <laughs> the wretched city. Maybe. Level seven. We're getting violent, people. So guarded. This level is guarded by uh, the Minotaur. Minotaur. Minotaur? Minotaur. That's what we're going to say. He snarls in fury and uh, encircled within the river Phlegathon. Great. Phlegathon. I, I actually didn't know that there was another river. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Phlegathon. I, all I knew was the river sticks. 
Flagathon. That's a river. All right. We got multiple rivers. Yeah. Right. Some rivers flowing through this hellish pussy. Um, <laughs> but no, this is a this is a river of boiling blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. And oh. in this uh, in this seventh level of hell. So this is where the violent. Sticky. Yeah, possibly. Uh, your assassins, your tyrants, your warmongers, um, all of those people. And they're actually uh, guarded over by centaurs. Who are armed with uh, bows and arrows, and they shoot you if you try to escape. Okay. So hmm. there's that. Um, apparently, the stench is very overpowering because this level is also home to the wood of the suicides. Mm-hmm. So you have on the outer level, you have the centaurs who are guarding. They're shooting their arrows at the people who are in the boiling blood river. Um, and then past the river, you have the woods. And these are people um, that are stunted and they are turned into gnarled trees with t- twisting branches um, who bear poison fruit. And at the time of final judgment, their bodies um, will eventually hang from the branches. Hmm. Um, and in those branches, the harpies, which are like these little weird, like bird like um, creatures that have human faces. They make their nests in your tree, and um, they, like, pick at you and um, mm. scratch at you and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond the wood, so beyond that, is uh, scorching sand where those who committed violence against God and nature are showered with flakes of fire that rain down against their naked bodies. Man, this level is like a three-for-one Oh, it's special. a three-for-one special, yeah. Um, blasphemers? Oh, damn. I guess this is where I'm going. These are for your sodomites. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Shit. I think I think that's where it's going to send me. <laughs> <laughs> you this, have options. I've got options. Yeah. Which Maybe level do you want to like go to? Put honey? them in order of your, of your preference. <laughs> preference. <laughs> <laughs> like when you used to sign up for classes in high school for yeah. electives. You just. That's what it felt like, though. In order of your preference. That's what it felt like. So uh, we, uh, the, the blasphemers and the sodomites writhe in pain, their tongues more loosened to lamentation. And out of their eyes gushes forth their woe. Joke? Maybe. It seemed Possibly. like it was a gay joke. It kind of was. Okay. Um, yeah. And then those people who followed neither nature nor art also share the company in the seventh level. That seems a little bit like. Excessive. Excessive. <laughs> You didn't like nature or art. Well, you're going to the seventh level. You're going to be right beside me. (laughs) Number eight is for the fraudulent. So, many and varied sinners. uh, Now, actually, there's a couple of different levels to this one as well. Um, Many and varied sinners suffer eternally in this multi-leveled... Fuck, here's another word. Malibulge. Malebulge. Male bulge. That's what it sounds like. Male bulge. Male bulge. An amphitheater-shaped pit of despair. Holy of stone and of an iron color, those guilty of fraudulence and malice, uh, the seducers and pimps who are whipped by horned demons, the hypocrites who struggle to walk in lead-lined cloaks, the berators who are ducked in boiling pitch by demons known as the Malabranch. You have uh, the Simonists who are wedged into stone holes and whose feet are licked by flames and are kicked 
and they kick and writhe desperately. You've got the magicians, the diviners, fortune tellers, and panderers who also reside in this level, as they are considered thieves. Some wallow in human excrement. Serpents writhe and wrap around men, sometimes fusing into each other. Bodies are torn apart. When you arrive, you will want to put your hands over your ears because of the lamentations of the sinners here, who are all afflicted with scabs, like leprosy, and lay sick on the ground, furiously scratching their skin off with their nails. Indeed, justice divine doth smite them with its hammer. (laughs) Okay, power move. Like... (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, no, that one's that just, one that's a tough me. level. That one gets me. So that's a tough level. There was actually one um, that when it talks about the magicians and the fortune tellers, um, there's the the quote that I pulled uh, says that they had their faces twisted toward their haunches and found it necessary to walk backward because they could not see ahead of them. And know. since he wanted to see ahead, he looks behind and walks a backwards path for eternity. So... A little interesting uh, take on that. That one gets me. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like scabs. That whole yeah. So it. there's that whole like no, again. No, no, no. Yeah, again, there's levels to that because you have so many different types of like fraudulent people. So it just, you know, everybody's got a place in hell. Everybody's welcome. <laughs> everybody's welcome. Come All inclusive. <laughs> Non-baptized baby, we got you. Level one. And now we have reached the final circle of hell, the ninth level. And this is for all of our Patreon members. It's our new exclusive top tier benefit. (laughs) And with this new top tier benefit, you get the deepest level of hell where the fallen angel Satan himself resides. His wings flap eternally, producing chilling cold winds that freeze the thick ice found around you. The three faces of Satan, which are black, red, and yellow, because I don't fucking know why, can be seen with mouths gushing bloody foam and eyes forever weeping as they chew on the three traitors, Judas, Brutus, and Cassius. You know what? I'm happy for him. I'm happy he made the cut. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Judas, Brutus, and Cassius. <laughs> We've got a special place in hell for you. <laughs> uh, this place is furthest removed from the source of all light and warmth. Uh, sinners here are frozen deep in the ice, faces out, eyes and mouths frozen shut. Traitors against God, country family, and benefactors lament their sins in this frigid pit of despair. You know what, though? Like, this one doesn't sound as bad. Right. So here's the thing. Satan's not eating you. Right. You're just having a nap. I mean, unless he's into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we could talk. Oh, Lord. Um, But, no, you're just frozen in a lake. And you're just there. It sounds kind of boring, though. I mean, it does definitely sound boring, but when we compare it to, like, miring around in shit (laughs) eternally or being forced to stay in a boiling blood river, 
it seems a little uh, underwhelming. Yeah. So say. the the Even level with the blood foam. Yeah. So the level itself uh, is, is still divided. I mean, it's kind of like those who like are the worst are closest to the mouth of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um. So like I said, and you know, you've also got Cain who's down there too. I don't know though. She just she didn't she didn't do it for me. Sashay away. Kane? <laughs> no, this level. This oh. level is just kind of like <laughs> ice pit. Okay. Yeah, but the thing is, what is really interesting is, that, yes, you have Satan down there, and this is where Satan resides, but Satan himself is also trapped in the ice. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, I think it's definitely written from the perspective of not pro-Satan. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think we're trying to make it a good time for him. No, no, we're not. Um, but I just think it's kind of like, you know, Satan's kind of stuck in ice and all of his little demons and centaurs and everything. They're free to roam about. What's up with that? I mean, damn. So this was, this is sort of like a really fun little topic, uh, that I, that I enjoyed researching. Um, I would be interested to see if, uh, something like this happens and I die. (laughs) Oh my God. Where am I going to end up? Only hell knows. (laughs) Apparently, I just have to work on not being dizzy. Yeah, you got to take what's the um, Dramamine. Yeah, you got to take your Dramamine. (laughs) Got to take your Dramamine, and I'm going to end up in uh, one of three places. (laughs) Honey, you just gonna bounce. (laughs) You just gonna bounce. What day is it? (laughs) Some demons like it's Tuesday. Level five. Put him in the elevator. We got to take him up this escalator. (laughs) Come on. No, you're like on Hell's escalator, and it's like just slowly. Because you know they always squeak. You just hear like, Rah! you just hear the pain and suffering of you know millions of people, and there's just a little demon or it's, there. Or it's elevator music, coupled with <laughs> the pain, the screams of the pain and suffering right outside the gates. I'd yeah. want it to be um, an old timey gate, wrought iron gate. Yeah, yeah, know, with a little bell hop and a chair in the corner. Not looking for like a chain link fence game. <laughs> Underwhelming, maybe. It's the back entrance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the back entrance. That's how I got into hell. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so, uh, this was an interesting story. And I actually didn't even realize that it was in three parts. So, you know, you have um, you have a story written about purgatory. Right. And then hell. Right. And then you have the third one, which is Paradiso, which is right. paradise, which right. also has its own levels. It does. I will say I have read uh, The Inferno. Uh, then I tried to read, I think I read Purgatory, um, then The Inferno, and then I tried to read Paradiso, and it was kind of boring. Gotta say, Inferno's where it's at. Well, I thought that, that was, was kind of, I, I, no, listen, I thought it was kind of fucked up. Oh, that Paradise still has levels? I'm like, what? Mean girl? You, uh, mm, no. What you think this is? All access pass? Bitch, I will live in number one. Uh, Uh, You can give me number one. (laughs) You got a rolling hills and a damn castle. And everybody's just walking around. At least you got people you talk to. Aristotle. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear the conversations between you and Aristotle. Yeah, so that is our episode. That is our episode on gradations, gradations of evil. Yes, and the punishments that should ensue. So 
if you want to hang on out uh, uh, if you want to hang on we'll get through this piece of shit (laughs) eventually if you want to hang out with us on social media, head to facebook.com and search for The Haunted Heart Podcast. You can join our closed group. It's a closed group uh, for your privacy so that you can talk about whatever you want and your Aunt Stacy doesn't have to see the fact that you're discussing the levels of hell um, because you know that she just got done trying to save your soul last week. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us there. You can also search for The Haunted Heart and like our page on Facebook. That would be awesome. If you're interested in helping us out with the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash The Haunted Heart and sign up for all kinds of cool bonus material there. I know that we've been a little lax on the bonus material here lately, but trust me, we were just getting done with the grad school life, and now I have nothing but time to just literally be on you every day, Patreon. Mm-hmm. So get ready. Um, Have you visited hell recently? Send us an email. True. Send us an email at the Haunted Art Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have any uh, topics that you want to talk about, because a lot of people will reach out to us and say, oh, you know, you guys covered such and such killer, and I have like a weird connection to it. Like, definitely email us those stories. Um, anything that we've talked about in the past, if you want to kind of chime in, we love getting those stories and we will read them on the air. So definitely holla at your girl and boy. <laughs> and I think that is it. You can follow us on Instagram at the haunted heart podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the haunted heart. And until next time, you have got to stay, stay spooky. spooky.